that bog crawling arachnid prosecuted Ding, ding, ding. on him strung up by his web yes right hello I, I was wondering well, if you it. could play that fishing. song again no 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 no, 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 no. Arborist, hello Howard. alex hedgepath oh my Ooh. goodness what you got to say about that I got it. That's we do not care. <laughs> cool, that's the other side of the I was acting. Drop the donuts. He was ripped Let's see if Paul Allen's doing it. Hello. My name is Gustavo. Oh. Oh. They're all weird. I don't know. Who is on Hello there. I'm just saying. Hey. You free tonight? I heard Spider-Man was there. I don't know. But I'm trying to see if Paul the size of the Nike logo is not up to snuff the vibe right now. And I look at him and say, need good oranges. I feel this just in. Davis Sports Animal Crew. What do you mean by that? I have learned my lesson. I'm not wearing pants today. Hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM, Auburn's premier home for student-run radio since 1971. As always, I'm your host, Jack Hart. Joined alongside today, Mr. Alex Houston as my color man. We'd like to welcome in our listeners and viewers from across the Auburn and Opelika Megaplex and around the world, however you may be tuning in today, whether that be on your terrestrial radio antenna through the information superhighway at WEGLFM.com or if you are tuning in after the fact by listening to our podcast, we are happy to have you here in the booth with us for Auburn's only student-run drive time morning show. And now, as always, we are broadcasting live from the Bradley based in WEGL Studios here in the Harold Mountain Student Center on the campus of Auburn University, where right now it is a beautiful 69 degrees and sunny outside on this fine Tuesday morning of exam week. Once again, this is Compact Discourse. We wish you a most sincere good morning from all of us here at the show and the station WEGL, as we would love to get on with the show. Alex, welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you. Good morning, Jack. Thank you for being here with me today as Davis takes one of his Mini exams, indeed. Yes, I, you know, I was a little nervous. You know, we've never—I don't think we've ever done a show just the two of us. But then Britt told us to be good, and that really just, you know, washed mm-hmm. away all my concerns. I it think really it's a good show. Alleviated a lot of the stress that can come with a, a new a new combination. Absolutely. Of people so on the show. Shout out Britt for that. So Britt, on top of things as usual. Indeed. Um, hope you enjoyed our special intro for our final week of that shows. That was magnificent. Combining, would... combining all of our favorite bits from the past, present, and future. Um. I was going to say, I, I figured you had to say future because I didn't know if the Stephen A. Smith who was on crack was really uh, very past. I added that into the, into the system last Thursday. Mm-hmm. So glad, glad to see that it's already getting some use. I went trolling through the uh, – we do a little trolling. And I, I, yes, I, found, uh, I found some interesting things that I felt fit, fit the vibe of what we had going on. There's some deep cuts. There's some fan favorites. There's a whole lot going on. Maybe we'll play it again later on in the show. So we can full, fully – comprehend it do not adjust your tv sets there, there was nothing wrong with the show i it, it was me all along i i was i thought that it, like you accidentally because i remember like what is hit, it hit all the buttons at no, once like because one of the one of the uh, i remember one of the episodes that i was on um the hello there just started looping for like for like 30 seconds i, I was do, like oh remember that yeah that's when we were messing around we were we were figuring out what the array was really capable of indeed so i was and worried I was that you'd press to, something else trying to introduce jacob hillman as the jungle president and uh Things took a turn. Indeed, they did. I started, I, I started using Hail to the Chief after that, just to avoid another mishap. Ah, good plan, good plan. I thought you just kept pressing it over and over again, but then I noticed your hand was nowhere near the mouse. I was like, oh, that's not good. Hours of work went into that. Indeed. So, uh, what we are going to do today is I would like to remind you that if any point in the next two hours, or just one hour, when we're on the air, uh, you feel so inclined, it's an old script, uh, you feel so inclined to ask a question, drop a hot take, or in the highly unlikely event that we get something wrong, if you would like to correct us, you can go ahead and do so by calling in at 334-844-9345, which is 334-844-WEGL on your touch tone keypad. You can also send us a tweet over at CDISCAU, that is at C-D-I-S-C-A-U on Twitter. Join the hundreds of thousands of fans already following us over there, including Logan and Harrison Tarr and some other favorites of the show. Uh, you can also follow my personal at JXSNKTRX for uh, less relevant things to the show. Um, and we will be sure to get back to you on either of those platforms as we uh, look forward to your feedback. And we always enjoy getting it, so keep it coming. Indeed. Alex, how's, how's your Twitter been coming along? Uh, it's been going. I mean, I, uh, I, try, I try to update the people on, on important matters at hand. Um, 
just really it's been crazy i mean twitter's always always a madhouse but especially like this morning with certain important court cases possibly being overturned that's that's been a big thing that i've seen from people i follow that i didn't even think cared about any of that stuff to be quite honest and also twitter is how i get most of my updates on the fast 10 uh, movie with justin lynn because apparently vin diesel is out of shape he should have to set, and he doesn't know his lines, which I is very I was seeing intriguing. something about that. Yeah, so... It was dominating the timeline. Indeed. So last night, another news broke that apparently it was a bunch of decisions that Justin Lin did not agree with in one big creative difference that, like, he said it's not worth his time anymore, which is crazy because he was making $10 million. Mm. So, you know... And there were some interesting discussions at the dinner table last night at Tequila about how much people would be willing to do for money. So $10 million is a lot of money. That's how that started. Uh, No, actually, unfortunately not. I I wish there was an actual reason for why any of that started, but we we won't get into that. But I'm not sure what exactly happened. I'm half convinced that the big creative decision is the fact that Vin Diesel wants to bring back Paul Walker in the movie. Oh, my. Because... I don't know if, if you've how much you've kept up with this. I, I imagine they're not your kind of movie, so I imagine you haven't kept up with I'm, them that much. I'm generally aware of them. Well, are you generally aware of the fact that in the most recent film, it turns out that according to Vin Diesel, Paul Walker visited him from beyond the grave oh. to tell him to cast John Cena. Very interesting. Um, he no, claims I... that he cl- he said that's what happened. I Look, man, I don't know. I don't know if I'm supposed to believe him. I don't know if it was intentionally satire, whatever. But, that is yeah. Cer- certainly an assertion made. Indeed. So then all that drama's been going on. But, yeah, Twitter's a, Twitter's a fun time. It, it, it has its occasional toxicity, I must admit. It's proving to be very interesting Indeed. Ar- around this time, uh, especially with like during the whole acquisition thing and trying to get your uh, your news from it in the midst of it. In turmoil, it's very, uh, it's very fun. Indeed, I think, yeah, and it's only going to get more interesting. I would say because now everybody's kind of in this like limbo of whether or not it's actually being bought or whatnot. I still don't really know what's going on there. Yeah, to be I mean, honest, yeah, it's complicated by the fact that everyone gets their news from Twitter. So, me included, like, under understandably so. It's it's way easier than the the regular route. Absolutely, yeah, because it's just, you know, you can click on any trending page. and I mean, that's that's how I upped, I was talking about this earlier in the year. I mean, Twitter was the main way to keep up with all things Ukraine. They had a Ukraine tab that had constant news updates from anybody, mm-hmm. people that were in Ukraine, so on and so forth. So it's it, as, as much of a bad rap as it gets, it can do some good. It's just gotten very, somehow become a very big political tool. And I say that in terms of political discussion, mm-hmm. not so much in the fact that people have been using it as a political tool yet. Sometimes I'll end up on the For You tab. Which is, is, there, is there a For You tab? Which is not the same as trending, even though it like tries to pawn it off on you like it is trending. So I'm on the For You tab, which looks like the trending tab. But it's like, oh, uh, Russia pushes east as the war in Ukraine continues. And this is more of like a headline and it's just like a backdoor way to them to like serve you up a bunch of blue check news articles about the same thing. But you got to go over to trending and see what's really trending. Not that it's really trending because it's all curated, of course. But um, vote, vote uh, Jill Stein. Jill Stein is trending. Why is Jill Stein trending? Isn't she the Green Party candidate from She years is. Ago? Okay, it's, it's people upset that. People voted for Jill. Oh yeah, yeah. Still, I mean, I I get it. I'm not gonna say one way or the other, but yes, I mean, looking at what's going on right now, which I don't know if we want to discuss that in any in any detail or not, but you can directly tie it to how the 2016 election went, like directly. Certainly. So I understand now. I don't know about getting so angry people for how they chose to use their vote and so on and so forth, mm-hmm. but it's not surprising that people are bringing it up, yeah. as I would say. It. Trending page is cer- certainly interesting. It uh, always is. This uh, this Tuesday morning. It is, however, Teacher Appreciation Day. Well, so. That's exciting. Um, do, you have any, do you have any teachers you appreciate you'd like to share or don't appreciate? 
Uh, we're not going to get into the don't appreciate. Yeah, it's probably, but, uh, probably smart on Rick, exam Rick week. Smith teaching my uh, mass media law and regulation class. Uh, he's pretty cool. Rick Smith, yeah, Weagle alum. We, yeah, indeed, Weagle alum. He showed me his retro Weagle jacket, so I figured out what the logo looks like. It looks like, um, see the Golden Flakes sign? Looking that like it. that strange three bars that equals a W and three bars that equals an E logo. I love it. I think it's very 80s is how I described it. But, yeah, that was pretty cool. And his class is fun. That's super cool. I will put a twi- picture of that on the Compact Discourse Twitter later Excellent. today. So just Excellent. another reason to go follow at CDiscAU. Um, teachers, of course. Uh, my mother is an educator, so appreciating her this fine Tuesday morning. So uh, teachers are formative. Can't take it for granted. Indeed they are, yes. I mean, absolutely. I think you can just... Not not so much now, I guess, because, you know, in, in college, they're more or less about giving you the material and you're supposed to mm-hmm. form your own conclusions. At least that's the idea of college, right? It depends on the teacher, of course. Right. But certainly, like, I mean, I mean, think about it. Like, when you're growing up, you're, you spend almost more time at school than you do at home, depending on school and depending on the homework that you do. So your teachers have such an important role in it, and which I guess is why education is always such a big issue in politics and so on and so forth. But yeah, I had a really cool teacher last year. His name was uh, Dr. Kelly. He taught Justice in Society. And his whole thing was just, he would just tell stories. Like, because he was a Vietnam War vet. He was like in his 80s. Mm-hmm. So he would like talk about like what it was like to be on the campus of Nebraska during the Vietnam War when apparently students took over the ROTC building in protest. Interesting. And stuff like that. And he would just like tell stories about like how it was to be teaching in Alabama post-civil rights era where like... The people in Selma wanted to keep the mayor in, so a kid said he had to skip class in, like, 1974 to go vote because his parents wanted to go vote for the mayor or whatever, and it was just very interesting. He was a cool guy. Any, any, any big teachers stand out for you, Jack? Um, I'm trying to think. In college, I had a uh, history professor that was it was very interesting. Oh, um, interesting. I, That's no, not always a good word. Well, yeah, it, it was in this context. That was my first like real college history class. It was my first year here, so it was. Uh, I, I was blown away with how how the con like I've taken a lot of college history classes, and they're just so different from high school history classes, and that it's. You, you understand history a little bit, a lot more, and what history means in an academic context rather than a, uh, I guess, a, I don't know. I don't know what you'd call how history is taught in high school. It seems more sequential almost. Yeah, it's, it's like, hey, know this point, and then this like, point, and then this like point. It's like transactional. Like you, it's important to know these things, which I agree with, but you don't really understand the scope or the narrative. And it's, it's more of a, you're just understanding. A lot of it was big trends of history. I mean, you get a specific anecdote and you need to like relate it to the big trends of history. I get you. So yeah, it, it's a, it, it's more thought provoking. And I would say, so I just, I really enjoyed that class. A lot of people say it's hard. It was, it was world history too. A lot of people say they hate that class, but Interesting. I, I really enjoyed it just because of the professor. I mean like every day it was like going to, it, it felt like entertainment almost going into really? class every day. Because the lectures were just so entertaining to me. That's fun. Because it was, it was, I mean, it was never dull. It was always an interesting anecdote about how, uh, whatever we were talking about related to the, to the, the grand narrative of humanity, if you will. Yeah, I get you. I get you. I didn't have to take any world history because I took AP, a bunch of AP history courses in uh, high school. So those never even came up, but that's interesting. One of the classes that I had a lot of fun with last year was, um, it was called comparative politics, and it was like basically comparing a lot of different political systems, and like saying how this is considered a democracy, while this voting system is considered, you know, a different thing, and so on and so forth. And each class, we would just open with like fifteen minutes where we could just talk to our teacher about like whatever. And that was when the Taliban took over Afghanistan in like two minutes. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of discussions about that and about what was happening, and then about like just more general things and so on. And it was really interesting because it was a very open discussion, which, again, is not, you know, again, with high school, they only get you for, like, 45 minutes or whatever the the length is. So they're kind of just smashing you with information rather than, you know, really being able to have these open discussions, which I think is what I liked a lot more about courses like that in college is that they recognize they have more time and they recognize that the information is not as important as the discussion and understanding of it is. Absolutely, yeah. I feel like there's just a, a better understanding of the the manner in which your 
receiving the information. And, and in fact, uh, Dr. Silva, who was one of my professors for one of my higher level engineering classes, was someone he's, I took a, it's a, it was a graduate level class that was offered to undergraduates. Ooh. So you could take, it was a pretty advanced class about um, number theory, set theory, computer science, and uh, just massive problems that even supercomputers can't handle in terms of industrial engineering. And bas- basically the conceit was like ha- logistic little applications to it. Like how does Amazon uh, get 300 million packages out and delivered every day? And what goes into that from an industrial engineering standpoint. And so what he said to us uh, are the undergraduates, which there was only like 10 of us in the class. So we we were all kind of working together. It was like 10 minds. To try and make it through. Yeah. But he he said, yeah, I really don't care about your grade as long as you guys show some growth and that you're trying and learning. So there you go. I mean, obviously we got grades, but there was a a pretty pretty generous uh, curve by the end of the class. Yeah. I I respect teachers that handle it like that because I think – there's a lot of teachers that are very strict on grading when in reality, I mean, as as you get to this point, it's almost hard. Specifically, I would say in my liberal arts field, it's very hard to assign grades to like, you know, articles because once you're in like advanced sports reporting, for example, it's not so much about the quality of the content versus what the professor likes and dislikes. And that differs on person to person. So I think I like that teacher. That teacher sounds cool. All right. We're going to take a quick break. When we return, we will continue the show. A lot to get to today on a Tuesday morning. The world continues to revolve and we have got to try to make sense of it. I'm Jack Hard, joined alongside Alex Houston coming at you live from the Harold Melton Student Center on the campus of Auburn University where it is once again exam week for this spring 2022 semester. So if you have an exam today, good luck. If you have a friend with an exam, wish them good luck and help them out today. And with that, we're going to head to a quick break. We'll be back in about two minutes with the remainder of the show. Do not go anywhere. Welcome back to Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM. I'm Jack Carr, joined alongside Alex Houston. Oh, well, that's interesting. Um, there's nowhere to check my grades quite yet, so we shall see. Well, I'll wait with bated breath to see uh, whether or not this borderline grade comes back in a, as an A or B. <laughs> well, good luck is all I got to say, Jack. Yeah, um, that's about all I can have right now. <clears throat> well... We do have a, a birthday on the show this morning. It's not me. It's not Alex. And it's actually not anyone here right now or anyone that knows us. But it is Dulé Hill. Dulé Hill, you may know uh, as the beloved Bruton Gaster on the hit USA TV show Psych. Indeed. Um, you may also know him as Charlie from the West Wing. He was in West Wing, that's right. You may also know him as a prolific tap dancer. Really? Mm-hmm. Excellent. Uh, you know, you know the uh, yeah. Okay. So Dulé Hill, who um, is a actor, he is forty-seven years old. He was born in New Jersey, and he went to Seton Hall University. So Dulé Hill is an actor that I have been grown up watching for a long time, as he was Gus in um, in Psych, which is uh, a show I grew up watching a lot of. Likewise, Jack. Likewise. So, and it's a show I've continued to watch throughout college, and then. As I got into the West Wing, um, maybe two or three years ago, watching that on a on Netflix and then now HBO Max, uh, a show I really enjoy. I would I said uh, well, I noticed that in the first episode that Gus is in it and he looks really young because this was of course like 1996. So uh, G- Gus is in is in the West Wing and uh, Dulé does a great. And then uh, I also listened to a podcast. It's a great podcast called The West Wing Weekly. Uh, where it's basically, it's Joshua Molina, who you may know actually from Psych. He was in an episode of Psych. You may also know him from uh, His name sounds familiar. The Big Bang Theory. Uh, he's a Broadway actor, and he was also in iCarly, I believe. Um, he was on... Oh, yeah, I love this guy. He was on the West Wing for a few seasons towards the end. In yeah, fact, he was. He replaced Rob Lowe, um, in, a, in a certain manner speaking. It wasn't like... He came out and was Rob Lowe's character, but like right, yeah, essentially, I remember that because yeah. Rob Lowe Rob he Lowe, left, yeah, yeah, and then it was like essentially he was just going to be one of the uh, speechwriters, essentially. He just joined the ensemble. Got it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, 
uh, he, this, the podcast is this guy and then uh, a guy named Rishi K. Shearway, who is a, just a big West Wing fan, uh, like obsessive West Wing fan. I mean, it's a great show. Worth obsessing over. I would say so. And so I think, I think the podcast is much better for it because there'll be like details that there'll be like, it, Rishi Kesh will be so uh, like in tune with the details that they're like not even show, sure if the, it was intentional on the writers, whether or not the, that coincidence was. Uh, well, that's he'll excellent. Like, he'll like point out like little inconsistencies. Like his name was, oh, like the, 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 the DA's name was Mark in this episode and now it's, uh, and now it's uh, something else. That's what dry, always drove me insane about is the fact that like um, they use the White House Council like five times in the first three seasons and it's a different dude every single time. Mm-hmm. That that always threw me That's off. That's the completely. problem with guest actors, man. They're busy. Indeed, indeed. So, uh, well, the the thing is about that podcast is that um, there are just so many good stories of Dulé Hill on on the set of The West Wing that uh, he would always be practicing his tap dancing between. Between takes, excellent, and I think they they definitely integrate that into the show. I know they integrated it into Psych that episode yes, where, they do. where Lasseter has to relieve some stress, so he goes to tap dancing class. With, oh yeah, that's right. Um, and I, also, there's plenty plenty of musical episodes of Psych where Gus where Gus tap dances. But there's uh, there's some other good stories about Dulé, including that the West Wing has a lot of like shoulder camera shots from like different angles of the room, um, and that there was always like people complaining that they would go like late into the night getting reshoots and if you were in the scene you had to be there for the reshoot because obviously you couldn't be in the scene one second and not in the scene the next second but Dulé was always legendary for always finding a way to not be in frame so that uh he could always leave early he would always be the first one off the set uh, while everybody else was staying up late doing reshoots Dulé would just be Back home by nine because he uh, now that is he, he avoided the camera all day. Excellent. So, yeah, great, great character on the West Wing. Great. Not guy. to mention, would yeah. holes have been the same without him oh. as Sam with his peaches? You kiss the onion picker. <laughs> great, great quote from that movie. That 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 movie is insane. That is a fever dream of a movie. That like that that whole flashback scene with Patricia Arquette getting like bit by the poisonous lizard. Crazy, crazy movie. That is a crazy movie indeed. That was always, you know, like, I saw that movie a lot because it came on Disney Channel a lot. Yes, it did. I think it was a Disney, it was a Disney Channel movie, I want to say. I can't, oh wait, let me see. Um, I can't. Disney might have had the rights to it, but I don't think it was a Disney Channel movie. Because I want to say that. Oh, okay, yeah, I, I mean Disney movie. Actually, so it was produced by Phoenix Pictures and Chicago Pacific Entertainment, distributed by Buena Vista. Buena Vista. Is that a Disney, it is a Disney shell company. Really? Yeah, Buena Vista is a brand name that's historically used for divisions and subsidiaries of the Walt Disney Company. Uh-oh. Wow. We caught you, Disney. Shell Company. <laughs> I don't know if that's the word. Well, I know, because Buena Vista is the is one of the places where Disney World is in Lake Buena Vista. So. Oh. Yeah. Caught you. Well, that's a great cast. Also, Tim Blake Nelson. That, that is a, awesome. There is a insane cast on Holes. Exactly. Like, Dulé Hill, obviously great, but... The likes of Sigourney Weaver and John Voight. Like, are you kidding me? And then Patricia Arquette, when she was still making a lot of big-time movies, Tim Blake Nelson, who, that dude, I don't think he's aged. He's in, He looks the same. He was just in The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. And also, Shia LaBeouf in his film debut. Really? According to this. Cool. I'm uh, sure he was in, I think he was in TV by this point, but he had not done um, theatrical. Tim Blake Nelson okay, no, it's not his is, film debut, uh, is Podansky. He seems like he's been on a lot of stuff. I don't really recognize him. He was really. In, he was in Buster's Grugs. He's in. I'm. Uh, oh my gosh, I just saw a movie that he was in. I can't. I can't think of it. Okay, yeah. So it says that Shia LaBeouf's film debut, but then on Wikipedia he has four movies that come before it, including Dumb and Dumber and Charlie's Angels. So, wait, Dumb and Dumber or When Harry Met Lloyd? That's a movie. When Harry Met Lloyd is the second installment, and a, oh, it's a prequel. What? He was Jonathan Jacob. Yeah, <gasps> that's who it was. Yes, yes, he was. All right, so uh, if you're completely lost, uh, we we were talking about the 2003 movie Holes, in which is based off a book, Holes, called Holes by Louis Sakar, where uh, Shia LaBeouf gets uh, falsely accused of uh, a crime and gets sent to like a prison camp uh, for juveniles in Texas, where you have to dig holes. And there's a big. It's, I don't want to ruin it, but there's a there's a reason they're digging holes. And Rick Fox from the Lakers. 
plays a Oh my base- gosh, that's right. He plays a baseball player <laughs> oh. who has stinky feet. So yeah, but no, his um uh, yeah, because his nickname is Sweet Feet, but he actually has stinky feet. That's right. Um and Sigourney Weaver, you may know from Alien. John Voight, who you may know from um what's of it? John Voight's it. Uh the Rainmaker. Ray Donovan. Ray Donovan. Um so two National awesome. Treasure. Yes. Two amazing actors. And uh, actress and actor. And then uh the third the third warden is Padansky, who is Tim Blake Nelson, who my only touch point with him is Dr. Jonathan Jacobo, the pterodactyl ghost from Scooby Doo Two Monsters Unleashed. Fair. Mine is that he's in like all of the Coen Brothers movies. Oh, I got you. Like all of them. That would make sense. Fargo? He, um, I believe so. But he's also in like he was in Lincoln, which uh that's a movie I saw. He was in The Incredible Hulk. He was in apparently um the Minority Report. I don't remember that. He was in Oh Brother Where Art. That was like one of his big uh, roles. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I've seen. I saw that movie like as a child, so I didn't really get it. Does that make sense? Fair. I, I just thought yeah. the set pieces were interesting. That, that, that's also true. So yeah, I didn't get the whole Odyssey thing. I didn't get the whole Antebellum Mississippi mm, thing. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So that's where I'm at with that. So all that to say, media is interesting and it's a vast web that connects to itself because we we just went from psych to Scooby Doo Two Dodgers Unleashed. So that's like um that's like the game where it's like have you ever played it where you have to connect two actors you have to keep like going down the list of movies so like you like will have okay I've got to get from Tom Cruise to Sigourney Weaver and you have to keep naming movies that Tom Cruise and that has like a shared actor essentially you know okay. what I mean yeah yeah and you have to keep going we 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 do that at our apartment a few times it's a lot of fun because it's very difficult I can imagine I I know the the ever famous Wikipedia game where you can only oh yeah yeah you can't, yeah, yeah. You can't type you can only click I suppose it's in it's in the same vein as that mm-hmm. you just you always want to like like dr- I bet you could like drift towards like certain movies that have big ensemble casts. That are always that always show up on the exactly. List. So one one of the best choices is like an MCU movie or like Lord of the Rings because mm-hmm. you're you know you're covering so and then specifically if you get a movie that has an older actor he's gonna have a longer range you can have so many like mm. that's why I always like going to Lord of the Rings because that immediately can take you to X Men which takes you to so much because you know Ian Paul McCullen. Newman in Cars yes and you got George Carlin right there exactly quite quite a few yeah it's it's a fun time also Holes was directed by Andrew Davis whose film credits. Ended 2006, but he's also the guy who directed The Fugitive? What? Excuse me? Did he Did he perish? Uh, no. <laughs> he's, he's still alive. He's 75, and he it, just did a movie called Mentors, Tony and Santa. Yeah, he has a pretty scant Wikipedia page. So literally, like, he did a bunch of random... Code of Silence, Above the Law, Under Siege... The package. Is oh, it Lord. Under Siege, the Tom Cruise boat movie? No, that's uh, the Tom's... No, it's not Tom Cruise. Tommy Lee Jones. Yes, Tommy Lee Jones and Steven Seagal, you mean, and oh, Gary okay. Busey. Okay. Lord. Then he did The Fugitive, which, I mean, I love that movie. Davis does as well. I could add that to the docket. I've sure. watched that movie with Davis. Uh, does it get your, your patented thumbs up or I thumbs it, down? I think it got a thumbs up. Uh, I mean, my mom and I will always do the, I didn't kill my wife. And then Tommy Lee was like, I don't care. I don't care. I, I literally do not care. Um, not, which I guess, that's interesting because as, as a kid, I always thought that line was like really stupid. But... Like, realizing he's actually just meaning in the fact that that's not his job. We do not care. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I've, on any number of occasions, I've very loudly yelled that in the student center, to, much to the chagrin of people trying to study. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, all right, with that, we are going to take our patented bottom-of-the-hour break. When we return, the surprises will continue on the other side of a break. I'm Jack Hart, joined alongside Alex Houston for today. With that, we are rocking through the final week of Compact Discourse as you know it now. Please come and join us for the final episode of Compact Discourse on Thursday morning from 8 until noon. You won't want to miss this one, and uh, we're looking forward to it. So thank you for choosing to spend your Tuesday morning with us here on The Big 91. That's W-E-G-L 91.1 FM and WeagleFM.com. Do not go anywhere. We shall return in a few minutes with the rest of the show. That was Feels Like We Only Go Backwards by Tame Impala, who, if you have not heard, is just one guy. Um, little, really? little WEGL joke for you there. Oh. <clears throat> it is true. He is one guy, but the the, refer- the the referencing it 
of it being one guy is the joke. Okay, I get you, I get yeah, you, I get most, you. Most people assume, you know, Tame Impala, it's not somebody's name, it must be a band, but it's just one guy playing every instrument played on oh, top of each other. Yeah. That's interesting. I like that. I must admit, I went through a few uh, music phases, but it's all tied directly to the video games I played growing up. Hmm. Because I, I don't know how how many sports video games you played back oh. in the day, Jack, but early I mean, yeah, I early, this, early Madden games, early like WWE games, which is heavy metal, like headbanger music mm-hmm. the whole time. And it was awesome. I know uh, MVP Baseball 2005 has a pretty legendary soundtrack. I actually have not played that one, I must the admit. Likes of, like, Good Charlotte, Andrew WK. I got a soft spot for like that kind of stuff, you know. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of some of the some of the bands. All that... American Rejects, like that's, yes, that's a. Uh, I got a soft spot for all that just because of all the all the like that. that that's that's those are formative years for us, like 2002 to six when those that music was coming out. So. Absolutely, absolutely. Like um, yeah, All American Rejects. They were in the Cars soundtrack for the oh, Cars GameCube video game. That soundtrack was. Excellent. Don't get me started on that game. That one of was, yeah. one of the all timers. Night Drive. Yes, literally so good. Yeah, and Madden Ten soundtrack was the crazy one. That was it had Allison Chains, Airborne, the Beastie Boys, Black Sabbath, and let's see who else. Iron Maiden, Kid Rock. Apparently, I remember that one. And Nirvana, of course. Uh, Tupac as well. Rage Against the Machine. Let's go. Um, yeah, like literally those soundtracks, like. There are songs that I like struggle to know the lyrics to, but if you play some of those songs, it'll like just immediately come to me because I mean I spent hours, mm-hmm. and of course they only had like twenty five songs on right. loop. You'd be hearing the same stuff. It wasn't like they had because now the playlists are huge, and honestly they're also bad. But that's a whole other discussion for another day, perhaps. But like OG video game soundtracks, excellent, so good. Yeah, you really don't realize like like I mean you're just hearing the same stuff. Like even like I can if I hear one of those songs, I can hear like the. The beeps and boops of the menu. Yes, because yes, it's just so uh, so ingrained. And uh, also, and also, I think it made each of those games very unique from each other. Where now they become kind of monotonous. Yeah, the, Would, the, when you say so, they had their own like aesthetic. Yeah, almost. aesthetic in an in an audio sense, even though that's contradictory. But. No, I mean, I, I think I think it fits because, like, for example, if you boot up Madno Seven versus Madno Eight on the GameCube, they both look in terms of even just menu guides, so mm-hmm. completely different, and the songs themselves are different because they fit that. Now it's just the same. But that's, again, a whole other that's debate, a, That's an EA thing we don't uh, need to get into. Not going to get into that, I guess. All right, right now in Auburn, Alabama, it is 72 degrees and fair, according to uh, Weather Channel. They're, cast, they're making just broad accusations about the weather. They, they, they deem it fair outside. <laughs> <laughs> um, 86 degrees is your high today in Auburn. 65 is your low. Winds will be, of course, light and variable, as they always tend to be here in the springtime. The uh, moon is back to waxing. It looked very pretty last night. If you got a got a glimpse of it, it was just a little, just a little fingernail, just a little sliver, um, but it was it was quite pretty to see. Uh, right now, we're looking at absolutely clear skies all day long, maybe not even a cloud in the sky for a good portion of the day. That's going to allow it to get nice and hot outside. We are looking at a high of 86 today. Like I said, it'll probably get to about 82 by noon. Looking ahead to the next couple of days, we've got uh, similar weather on Wednesday and Thursday. Probably well, we might even crest 90 on Thursday as the uh, the highs approach that temperature and then on Friday we were looking at some scattered tea storms as if you may have seen these uh tornadoes that are tearing across Texas and Oklahoma overnight they'll probably make their way over here by around Friday I'm not sure when that's going to be if that's going to mess up the uh, commencement ceremonies or not I think that might have happened in the December and they got moved to the GPAC so uh, I'm sure there's a contingency plan for my sake. You, you hope so. Uh, and then on Saturday in Neville Arena, if you are walking across the stage, congratulations to all of our graduates this semester. It will be a nice 77 degrees outside on Saturday for the commencement ceremonies and a marginal chance of thunderstorms continuing on Saturday as well. But I believe they will be isolated tea storms. So that's what we are looking at for the weather right now in Auburn, Alabama, and for the next couple of days. There's a big baseball series coming up this weekend against Arkansas, who is coming to town. Auburn looking to keep their three seed in the SEC standings before they have to travel to Hoover later on this month. They've also got Alabama coming to town 
the weekend after graduation. And then the next weekend they will travel up to Lexington to take on the Wildcats of Kentucky to end off the season. That's what's coming up in baseball and weather. Indeed. For Eagle Weather. You know, I have learned that, uh, to, to circle back for a moment, that Holes is considered a member of the neo-Western genre, and I realized that was a big missed opportunity to talk about that instead of No oh Country for goodness. Old Men on the podcast. You know, and how, how I used to watch, we used to watch Cars all the time. Um, of we, course, we great being, movie. Me and the people around me. We, I mean, it's it's on Disney Plus. You just hit it's so easy. Two buttons and you're watching Cars. There you go. It's it's, it's a great it's a great uh, system they have. And if you're there. lucky enough, once you finish it, it'll recommend you to watch Major's Tall Tales. <laughs> yeah, it's the Ghost Light. Indeed, the Ghost Light. Um, so I watched Cars a lot. We we used to watch Cars like I don't know, like twice a week maybe, just because it's, it's nice to have on. It was fun to quote. I I got a pretty good sheriff impression down just after. Uh, Listening to it enough. Could we but, could we hear it right now? Well, thanks, Doc. I was <laughs> feeling a cord low. Excellent. It's more like the delivery than like I'm you, you would mistake me for sure. Excellent. But the delivery is quite good. Um the old cars for me used to be holes. We used to watch holes all the time. Yes, same. Yeah. Um I mean that once once well, I think the first thing I regularly watched on Disney Plus was when when holes first came out, uh or on Disney Plus, it was uh it was over. I was I, I wore that thing down. I they, was I was watching holes left and right. They used to run it a lot on Disney Channel, yeah, and we, we read the book in my fifth grade class. And after that, we just started watching it all the time. But Cars, we watched a lot when it originally came out because it was like the first. My brother was born. Little brother was born in two thousand and seven. So it was like the first real kids movie because you know Pixar took a break in two thousand seven, so it was still Cars. So we watched Cars all the time. He was obsessed. He had Lightning McQueen um, blankets, Lightning McQueen just bedspread, Lightning McQueen Crocs, Lightning McQueen T-shirts. Those Lightning McQueen Crocs have become a bit of a cultural touch point for our generation. They have, or maybe the generation below. They us. have, but but they're excellent. They're they're ubiquitous, indeed. And I mean, yeah, lot we watch it all the time. And I mean, you know, it had some funny moments even as I got older. Like, I mean, oh. my my roommates and I still quote the he did what in his cup. I still, if anyone asks, we was out smashing mailboxes. Maybe 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 that. a deep cut, but uh, <laughs> I did forget that's, about that's that. For, that's for true cars fans. Indeed, that indeed that is excellent. Uh, I uh, we we watched it at JP's place one time, and and station manager Luke was there, and he leaned. Over. I, I I was saying pretty much every line in the movie before it happened, and uh, and Luke leaned over to Davis. I don't remember what exactly he said, but it was something along the lines of like, "Is Jack okay?" <laughs> You got you got you got to wonder. You got to yeah, wonder. Sometimes my, you sometimes I wonder when I put cars on. It just something comes over me. You, my brother does the same thing with uh, my older brother does with Shrek. He like knows like the whole like opening 30 yeah. minutes like the back hey, of his hand. If hands. you're going to pick any any films to get acquainted with, I don't I think Shrek and Cars are two winners. Oh, absolutely. All right, we're going to head to another quick break if you'd like to share a hilarious anecdote from your childhood regarding Shrek or Cars or a movie that you can quote line for line. We'd love to hear it. I am Jack Hart, joined alongside Alex Houston, coming at you live on a Tuesday morning, keeping it real here on the airwaves, WEGL 91.1 and WEGLFM.com. If you have to take off, we thank you for joining us this far. If you got an exam to go study for, or if you're procrastinating studying for your exam, we thank you for joining us for any length of time here. We want to remind you that every episode is available as a podcast, absolutely PSA break free on your podcast player of choice. So go check that out wherever you get your podcast. Just search for Old Compact Discourse and look for that orange and blue logo. We'd love to have you on the podcast. Thank you, and we will be back in a few minutes with the final segment of the show. I want that ball-crawling arachnid prosecuted on him strung up by his web. Yes, right hello. I was wondering well, if you it. could play that fishing. song again. No, 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 no. Arborist, hello, Howard. Alex Hedgepath. Oh, my goodness. What you got to say about that? I got it. That's we do not care. Cool, that's the other side of the pillow. I was acting. Drop the donut. He was Let's clean it. Let's see Paul Allen's donut. Hello. My name is Gustavo. Oh. Oh. They're always. Who was on track? He decided to plump. Hello there. I'm just saying. Hey, you free tonight? I heard Spider-Man was there. Jane, I don't know, but I'm trying to see. Where have I gone? I got the cup of coffee! 
The size of the Nike logo is not up to snuff for my life right now. And I look at him and say, need good orange This just in. Davis Sports Animal Cruelty. What do you mean by that? I have learned my lesson. I'm not wearing pants today. Welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. Hope you enjoyed once again our special Compact Discourse intro, outro, what have you to play for the final week of shows. Um, just a quick shout out I want to give to Alex Houston, not only for putting up with me this morning, but also if you, uh, if you check your email inbox, if you're a student, you might just mo- notice that in the This Week at AU email on the sidebar, if you scroll down a long way, uh, WEGL 91.1 FM producer, me, wins at 16th Annual Abbey Awards. So if you click on that, you can head on over to a little article that was written about it. And by article, I mean uh, two sentences. And uh, if you can also click and listen to the submission that won uh, for an Abbey Award. And I want to thank Alex for doing that because it wouldn't have happened without you. And I mean, thank you, Jack, for putting such a great commercial together and then getting it my way so I could submit it. We just we just threw a lot at the wall and something stuck. Indeed. That's what we do here at Weagle. That's the nature of the Abbey Awards itself <laughs> I get as well. So, uh, yeah, you can check that out on your This Week at AU email or... If you uh, are not a student, you can just go to the Auburn University website, auburn.edu, and go to the newsroom, the official source for Auburn University news. In the office, I didn't of, know that thing existed. The Office of Communications and Marketing, yeah. which I think, I think Weagle's in that now, or maybe we were. I think we're a student. Well, we're a student involvement now. Yeah, we used to True. be. We used to be an OCM. True. I think we should be in the College of Liberal Arts or the College of Journalism and Communication, but that's a whole other. But that's none of my business. That's not. That's not. That's not our point. Not our problem. All right. Um. Did you know Shrek premiered at the Cannes Film Festival? Really? It was the it w- and also competed for the Palme d'Or, which, Dior, which is the like the top prize. It was the first what animated did it film. To? Wait, two thousand three? No, two thousand one actually. Oh, two thousand one. Uh... It was the first Disney film since Peter Pan to be chosen to do so. Let me see if I can it, look up. It's not up. a Disney film though. Animated? You mean? Oh, first animated. Sorry, animated film. Sorry, my. All right, let me see. So, um, in fact, it's a very anti-Disney film. So, main competition. Let's see if I can find it. The poem. Uh, my anecdote about Shrek is that when it was being made, it was pretty ambitious. Like this was like three or four years removed from Toy Story, and it like looks amazing. So, uh, but it was a pretty like labor-intensive thing. So, uh, at at DreamWorks, I think people were working on something else at the time, and. As as punishment, you could get sent to work on Shrek. Indeed, and and, it, they, and they would refer to it as getting Shreked. And it was. <laughs> I still think you better come into work tomorrow. You don't want to get Shreked, do you? Oh my gosh, that! Uh, I think you know it kind of was in developmental chaos because, for those who don't know, it is based on a book, which I think is hilarious. Nineteen ninety one book by uh, William Steig. Steven Spielberg originally planned to produce before it was brought to DreamWorks. Then Jeffrey Katzenberg begins active development following the studio's purchase of the rights. And Chris Farley was cast as the voice actor for Shrek and recorded nearly all the dialogue before Farley tragically passed away in 1997 and leading them to hire Mike Myers, who recorded it all as normal Mike Myers and then decided he wanted to redo it in his Scottish accent, which I think is... The reason this movie stands out because there's so many memes because of it. We need to get a Shrek soundbite on here. Yeah, yeah, we have a couple of Mike Myers, but they're all from Austin Powers. Ah, uh, is it like the when he's when he's get in my belly when, he, or is it not that <laughs> You're one? Groovy baby. Oh, that oh that guy as well. Yeah, Mike Myers plays like half the cast in mm-hmm. in uh, Austin Powers. But yeah, it competed at Cannes Film Festival. Also, looking at all the movies that were also in contention, I don't recognize any. You got a David Lynch movie, uh, Mulholland Drive. Oh yes. We've also I, I, got The Pledge. What the heck? The Pledge. Um, yeah, it's like The Pledge, then a bunch of foreign films, Distance by uh, Hiro, Hirokazu Korida. I've never heard of that movie myself. Um, but yeah, Shrek, I don't think won, but you know, it competed. Good for it. I wonder how long its standing ovation was. That's a good question, but more importantly, it also... As, uh, I'm a believer played in the theater. How many people, how many French, French <laughs> people were, were clapping? Absolutely in shock. I, I don't know. I'm going to say, due, due to the stories I've heard about Cannes Film Festival, I'm going to say it was at least a five-minute standing ovation. They, they clap for anything. Mm-hmm. They probably clap when the plane lands. Ugh. I'm just saying. Also, you know Shrek was nominated for the Best Adapted Screenplay at the Oscars? 
Man, people it also, love Shrek. It also won the first ever Best Animated Feature Film Oscar, beating, and this is going to get very sad, it beat Monsters, Inc. Which that's I don't, okay. I, it didn't beat Monsters University, so that's all, that's all that matters. Are you me. saying what I think you're saying? I, I think it's pretty clear what I'm saying. He's speechless. Monsters, Inc. is better than Monsters University. Mm, I, maybe. But more importantly, Shrek also beat Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius. Now, let's not well, that forget. That movie's it. not good. So. What? I mean, it's it's iconic. It's it an iconic part of my childhood. It defines our generation, but much like the show, it was not good. No, the show is awesome. And if you go back and watch it, it looks like a really bad PS1 cutscene. Okay, yeah. Yeah, see, I'm afraid to go back because I recently went back and watched uh, Johnny Test, which was a big part of yeah. my younger years, and that show sucks. It's uh, it's for kids. I'll say that. The only the the only funny parts of that of that show come from the great antagonist of our time, Bling Bling Boy, because and, uh, Darth Vegan. Oh yeah, Darth Vegan. Yes, yes. Literally, that's the only good parts. The rest, I don't know. But man, Monsters Inc. so good. Monsters Inc. good. And I'm not I'm not contending that. I'm just I, I have my preferences. Yeah, okay, fair, fair. If you say so. All right. Animated film chat. Exactly what we planned for today. Well, well so, I'm about to say, did we even talk about sports? Do we wanna do we wanna take um, these last five minutes to even try? I'll just for those who did not know, there was two basketball games. There were two basketball games last night, pardon me. Um I believe the Heat pretty summarily defeated the Celtics. Or, no, I'm sorry, the Sixers. I, I was picturing the jerseys. I was like, they're blue, they have red lettering, and then Celtics came out of my ha- head for some reason. But um, Excellent. So uh, they have no Joel Embiid. So, or, is that who they're missing? Yes, he injured his hand. So he is prob- he's definitely out for the next game, maybe out for the game after that. For game, he- They're hoping to get him back for game three, but he may be only back for game Which four. Which is a problem because James Harden is might as well be injured. Yes, his, his injury is being in the playoffs. That's Indeed. What I, that's what I hear. He led the team in turnovers, and he also shot 5 of 13. Ooh. So the Not Heat ideal. pretty summarily defeat the 76 at 106-92 last night. Bam, Adebayo goes for 24, and uh, Tyler Hero came off the bench and had a big night for the Heat. And then, nightcap, it was Devin Booker going for 23 against the Mavs as the Phoenix Suns in the desert take a 1-0 series lead. Looking at tonight, here's what you have to look forward to. You have Bucks-Celtics. The Bucks lead that series one to nothing. That game is back in the TD Garden. And, well, I guess it's still in the TD Garden. It's yes, game, it is. Game two. I thought the Bucks were the higher seed for some reason. I did too. I guess, it's- I don't know. They didn't. They they were had some injuries this regular season, so they kind of just chilled and waited till the playoffs. Giannis, the G man, is coming in, averaging almost thirty points per game. So good for Giannis and good for the Bucks, and uh, good for Davis, I guess. Um, Indeed. We also have the Warriors Grizzlies. This is shaping up to be a very interesting series, as the Grizz um, looked like they were going to run away with Game One, and then Draymond gets ejected, and the Dubs rally back to get said Dub, and John Morant, I believe. Maybe fouled out or had some controversy at the end of the game. He but did, he did not foul, but he did miss. He had missed a layup to win it. Ja Morant is the player to watch on this one. I guess Draymond Green is too. After I mean, after you get a double tech, I feel like you become a player to watch. Absolutely, and you, actually, it was a flagrant too, is what uh, got him ejected. Oh. So it was because he like grabbed. I don't remember who he grabbed by the jersey and like pulled him down on a layup, and they. It was a strange flagrant too, but you know, players that are known to act that way therefore get. Treated well, differently. Yeah. I think after three blowouts, this is the series to watch, considering there was probably one of the best playoff comebacks in recent memory. Indeed. Uh, for the Warriors and Grizzly. That one is tonight in the FedEx Forum. You can get in the door for 51 bucks if you want to go. And I got to say a couple things on all these games. One, the fact that Luka had 45 points last night is just ridiculous. And the Mavs Demo. need to help him out in some capacity. And... Also, just like looking at the Warriors, Jordan Poole has really come alive and come to his own, and he's going to be the difference maker, I think, for Golden State's side. Meanwhile, Philadelphia just doesn't have a rotation, like at all. Like, if you look at their bench, it's just useless. George Niang was 0 for 7 last night. Ouch. That's not good. But more importantly, and lastly, our own Daniel Locke last week was heard uttering the words, Boston does not lose at home in the playoffs. 
Mm. And they've already lost at home. I guess they forgot where all the dead spots were on they, the court. They must have forgot the fact that Giannis is unlike anything I think we've ever seen. I, I was one of the bigger arguers with Davis for years about the fact that Giannis had to do this, this, and this to improve. And Giannis hasn't even done those things. He's just gotten better. Mm-hmm. He just is more physical. He's stronger than everybody else. I don't know how to exactly describe it, but this dude is unreal. And the Bucks, I mean, they've got a guy that might carry them to another NBA Finals appearance. We'll On the see. ice, Boston uh, got beat by the bunch of jerks, Carolina Hurricanes, 5-1 to one last night. Uh Antti Ranta, who I always struggle with the pronunciation of his name, he was the top performer. That's the goalie for the Canes. Uh, Tampa Bay gets blanked by Toronto, 5-0. Uh, St. Louis blanks Minnesota, 4-0. And L.A. and Edmonton on a barn burner as the Kings take game one, 4-3. Your schedule for tonight, the first game is Pittsburgh at the Rangers. That one's in MSG at 6 p.m., Washington travels down to South Beach to take on the Florida Panthers at 6.30. Nashville out in the Rockies, 8.30 p.m. on ESPN. You can watch Nashville and Colorado. And then the nightcap at 9 p.m. on ESPN2. You can watch the Dallas Stars travel up north of the border to take on the Flames of Calgary in Game 1 of the Western Conference. Hockey. Hockey's very exciting. I will say. I've never gotten into hockey myself. but Playoff I think it's hockey is like next level. Oh, yeah. Like overtime playoff hockey, they, like anything could happen. I uh, you know I I it's really like, it's like it's like driving a motorcycle out of a helicopter. I blame Sports Center because I used to actually you know, be paying attention to hockey because I'd always get uh, Neil Everett and Barry Melrose at six a.m. Mm-hmm. And I don't have that anymore. This is what they took from you. They did, they did. N- never forget Neil Everett and Stan Verrett are the greatest duo in the history of ESPN. No debate. No debate indeed. All right, and that is going to do it for today's show. Once again, thank you all for listening to another exciting episode of Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM. However you joined us today, whether that be from your radio antenna from WeagleFM.com or by listening to our podcast, we would like to remind you that all of our previous episodes are available as a podcast, absolutely PSA break free. Wherever you get your podcast, just search for Compact Discourse. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at CDiscAU. That is at C-D-I-S-C-A-U. On Twitter for links to that podcast, information about the show, and get important updates and tweet at us to get your opinion on the show and join the conversation with Auburn's only student-run drive-time morning show. You can also follow the station on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at WEGL underscore AU. That's Weagle underscore AU. And our dedicated team of marketing professionals is working tirelessly to provide you high-quality content for fans of the station. And with that, for Jack Hart and Alex Houston, this has been episode two of four of the final week of Compact Discourse. We wish you a great exam week. Good luck on your exams. And we will see you for the final two episodes of Compact Discourse on tomorrow and Thursday at 8 a.m. See you then. (laughs) I was acting.